Podcasting for over a hundred episodes in a hundred years, depending、oh. on how you view a year. Eight hundred years. Well, a hundred <laughs> years. This episode of the Jenna Julian Podcast is brought to you by Tracker. Guys, never lose your phone, never lose your belongings. Again, with the coin-sized device that locates anything you might need:、uh, keys, wallets, bags, computers.、Uh, it is the Tracker. And it is so easy to use. Right now, get started by going to thetracker.com and use Jenna Julian as your code for thirty percent off. The Tracker,、uh, it's a very useful tool,、mm-hmm. and it is super convenient、uh, to you know second guard your belongings that you never want to lose. Other sponsor this week is BarkBox.、Uh, BarkBox is a monthly subscription box for your little barking friend. What is this? Is this a flashlight? Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty cool. Barkbox、uh, sends you a, a box of toys, treats,、um, customized to your dog's needs, size, and breed、uh, each month.、Uh, right now, you can get a month free when you sign up for a six or twelve month plan by going to barkbox.com/slash/jennajulian.、Uh, let me tell you, these toys are quality dog toys that Peach and all of our dogs really, really love. Thank you to BarkBox. Thank, Thank you, sponsors. sponsors. Thank you so much. We'll get more into that in the halfway point, right? Yeah, I'm in there.、Mm. I got, I got some shit to say. Good stuff. Good, promise. Good stuff. Yes. Um. So your eyes are not deceiving you if you have clicked on this podcast. We are not going to Frank Ocean you any longer. Not any longer, guys. <laughs> the wait ends today because we are doing. Is this the fourth? I think it's four. Yeah. The number four. Of the highly requested, although I'd say the most requested is with Shane Dawson, which we've explained we would always love to have Shane on here, but it's not always a reality to just make that happen. Yeah.、Um, but this is our fourth conspiracy theory podcast, and you guys have been asking for it since forever. So we finally just sacked up and did it, fam. We sacked up. We sacked it. Sacked、up. all the way up for Harambe. Sacked all the way up. Uh, so we spent quite a bit of time preparing these beforehand.、Um, and how many do you have? I have three. Okay, I have like I have like three point five to four, but one、okay. of them is kind of two of them are kind of one. Right. Yeah.、Um, so yeah, we've prepared this、uh, this podcast by doing some research on conspiracies that we both find interesting, and we wanted to just basically discuss them. Right and like talk. That's about why we're sitting here OG style with our laptops. Super OG. This is exactly what we、this、used to do. This is our old setup. Yeah. So we have、uh, our notes here in front of us, and I say we just we just jump right into it. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm、right、excited.、Now. too. I'm really excited. Let's let our minds wander and see the bounds of the conspiracy verse. Woo! My favorite thing to do. It really is your favorite thing. To it do. really is. You like love this shit. I know. All right. Let's、uh, let's have Jenna. Go first. Why don't you go first? Oh, I'm gonna go first. Why don't you go first? My, okay, you do the honors. To be fair, I'll try and keep them like not too long. But、okay. my the first one is the one I've been holding on to for a while now because it's one of my favorites that I've ever discovered. All right, so let's start off strong right here. What's、right? your favorite? Yep. Okay, so forgive me for a lot of these because when we're doing these podcasts, like it's hard to compile. All of the evidence into like you know your brain, you have to kind of like write them out, which is why、uh, like a lot of this is going to be me reading you some stuff. Yeah, same、you、here.、Know? Same here.、Yeah. A lot of my notes are just going to be read to you. Okay.、So. Um, I'm going to close my computer so I can 
listening to you. So you can absorb? I can absorb. All right. My first conspiracy theory is, it's not mine. (laughs) (laughs) All of the things written by William Shakespeare were actually written by Sir Francis Bacon. All right. Are you ready? Let's do it. So I was exposed to this conspiracy theory by one of my favorite conspiracy theorists, Jim Mars. Do you know who that is? Yeah, you've talked about him to me. I mean, I don't watch his stuff, but... Um, he, I saw it in a video when I was like down a deep dive on YouTube and I can't remember which part of which video it was like a lecture that he was giving. Um, they're fantastic. Like if you like this stuff, he's done lectures on just about anything and he's amazing. Uh, but he did it in one of them and I can't find it. I've been scouring YouTube for it. I can't find it, but he does a really great job explaining this theory um, and he also says something that I really like, which is, uh, your, your mind is like a parachute. It works better when it's open. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, there's lots of cons- uh, conspiracy theories about other people writing Shakespeare's works. I think maybe you've been exposed to that. Have you been exposed to that mm-hmm. at all? No. Nope. No, never. You've never heard of the idea of someone else being his like ghostwriter? Nope. Oh, shit. But we can just get into this specific one. Okay. Um, so do you know who Sir Francis Bacon was? Because I'll give you a little synopsis. Give us a synopsis. Okay. Um, he was, you know, he's a very smart man, like genius man. Uh, you, I, I'm assuming most people have a fair understanding of who he is. So I don't have to do like a biography. But he uh, was a politician, a knight, scientist, Lord Chancellor, philosopher, uh, and was also described as the, quote, founder of English Freemasonry. Do you know what the Freemasons are? Okay. And a guiding light of the Rosicrucian Order, which is another secret society, and was very much involved in the underground operations of the Knights Templar. Um, All of those things you can look up if you're not familiar or you want to be, but they're basically secret society, secret societies based in like science, uh, mathematics, architecture, chemistry, astronomy. and like the Knights Templar, the Rosicrucians, uh, the Freemasons and all of them were endowed with a very special knowledge. And according to some Masonic writers, the only difference between the Royal Society in England and the Freemasons were that the Royal Society conducted open meetings, whereas the Freemasons they were always met in secret. Okay. <clears throat> um, 20 years after Sir Francis Bacon's death, his invisible college of followers... Um, Oh, sorry, I read this wrong. Uh, which in 1660 became the Royal Society of London for the promotion of natural knowledge. So they formed that after he died. Um, in England, because of all the different dialects of English, a lot of people couldn't even understand each other from different parts of England. And the language was pretty crude. And by the time Sir Francis Bacon was dead, it was one of the most refined languages that there were. Uh, he realized the best way for pe- people to learn was through communication, like arts and literature, that sort of thing, rather than teaching. And in order for England to be a great country, they had to be unified by language and sort of have a, you know, a unified idea or some sort of, you know, core learning. I, you understand what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in order to, like, become what Sir Francis Bacon wanted England to become, he needed to get everybody on the same page. They all needed to have a certain level of education. And Are those the dogs? Yeah, I think so. Sorry, I couldn't hear. Let me just put them away real quick. Or I don't you can them. let them in. Are they just going to sit here and cry? I don't think that's going to be happening, guys. <laughs> 
sorry. Go ahead. So, you know, like imagine in, in America, if if we wanted to ever be a great country, we can't just have people, you know, you have to have some sort of education system, some sort of language. We, have, we all got to get together at some point. Yeah, right, yeah, to for move sure. Forward. Definitely, yeah. Um, so he hung out with a lot of poets, artists, and like-minded people who, through writings and making up words, were responsible for circulating new words in English. So he was also a lawyer, an attorney. Sir Francis Bacon. He so he helped sort of shape the language, would you well, say? Or? Keep going. Let me, let's just keep going. Uh, Sir Francis Bacon had his own printing press and a scriptorium of scribes that would translate things like the Iliad and the Odyssey into English so people could read them. Okay. Because Sir Francis Bacon, I think, knew a lot of languages, but mostly... Uh, Greek, Latin, and English. And that is, you know, way above the education level of a lot of people at the time, right? Okay, so yeah. that's why you have all these great philosophers and then everybody else is like, I make potatoes. Yeah. And so how do we get everybody educated on all of these Greek classics and stuff like that? You have to translate them into English okay. in order to get people to get going here. Um Wow, Kermit or Peach. Um, the idea was that he was preparing them. Where is that coming from? The door. Are you sure? Yeah. It sounds like it's coming from behind me. No, it's not. <laughs> These headphones are tripping me out. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So apparently, which if you watch Ancient Aliens, this is not a new thing, right? Especially according to Giorgio Suclos with yes. his hands and his hair. This happens to people with great minds that are destined to do great things. Sir Francis Bacon had a heavenly voice talk to him from what he believed to be the goddess Athena, who told him that his to hide his identity and write behind a veil of secrecy that would teach the English language to people and put away popular applause. Take that for what it is. Okay. He took this pretty literally, and it drove him to do this for the rest of his life. So he had already at this point, he was an author. He was an attorney, write lots of stuff, uh, philosophy, mm -hmm. law, yeah. whatever the fuck. He was a great fucking dude. So he needed to get all of this education and English language to the masses, but he wasn't going to do that as Sir Francis Bacon. He took this as, I need to take on a moniker, you know, a fake name and get this in a way that's entertaining to people that people like in order to get people educated sort of like propaganda i mean in a way like the way he's delivering and he wants it to be delivered in a way well that can... i mean if you know anything about the freemasons or any other secret societies yeah okay. I, I mean some yeah. of it is definitely that's a huge hole that you can fall down about education and freemasonry symbols and illuminati symbols and you know brainwashing people into believing things they don't even know whatever blah 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 so yeah. if you buy into that he basically has a secret agenda yeah. by getting out all of this education and literature and English language sure. to people through entertainment, okay. which was plays and writing, whatever. Um, so the name Shakespeare came from the fact that Athena wears a helmet, which was the, the symbology of that was that he's hiding behind a veil of secrecy. And uh, he also named one of his writing societies after, I think they were called like the helmet society, something like that. You can look it up and that she held a spear which she shook in the eyes of ignorance. So if you flip that, you get Shakespeare, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. Stay with me. Many people argue that the actual William Shakespeare, the actor, lacked the education and writing skills to ever write anything that Shakespeare wrote. He was barely literate. He could barely write his own name. He didn't even write letters to people. Like, none of that exists. What? So, wait, you're saying that there were written accounts of people 
claiming that Shakespeare, actual William Shakespeare, actual William Shakespeare was illiterate. And William Shakespeare was an actor. And Jim Mars described him, although it's not like Jim Mars knew him, but the way that he does it is really great. He's an actor that hung out at the theater all the time. And so if you're Sir Francis Bacon looking for your perfect person to cover up for this, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to pick you because you could pull this off as this playwright. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean, I just, that's confusing to me for What's sure. Confusing? Hearing that Shakespeare couldn't actually write. Yeah. Okay. Because that's those are just certain people's accounts, right? Those these are not. Well, I mean, let me just let me go on here. Okay. Um. Yeah. He. He. There's no like the they showed the signatures that they do have in a video that I watched, which take that for what it is of his signature. And it looks like someone quote that is unfamiliar with a pen or has never used a pen before and definitely did not know the inner workings of the court, etc. And it's pretty clear that the writer had to also be an attorney because of the jargon and the fact that there's no legal errors in any of his writing at all. So this person, this William Shakespeare, who's an actor, all of a sudden is an expert in what does it mean to have a legal error in fiction though so if you're writing a story and you're like oh yeah and then he got arrested and then they killed him and that wasn't accurate for how the system worked you can't you can't just write like a, a like a, a legal like imagine sitting down and writing law and order svu a whole episode like my episode of law and order svu would be totally inaccurate Okay, I see what you're saying. Like the dealings of the law in this fiction that he wrote was perfectly accurate, so someone had to all know the, the time, law. right? Okay, or the inner yeah. workings of the court. Okay. Um. The also the volume of writing is like a lot of people like to argue that there's no way that Sir Francis Bacon could have ever written all of that stuff himself, and also written all the things that Sir Francis Bacon wrote. Um, but he had an entire literary group uh, that was employed to him for some mysterious reason so all these poets and and writers they were actually employed under sir francis bacon that would write these things for him okay so he's a powerful guy he had people working for him he had well yeah he was the lord chancellor okay Okay. he worked for the queen i mean uh, apparently they got in a fight and shit got weird and then he had to leave for a little while but yeah no he was a big deal okay mark twain even wrote a book on it called shakespeare dead After he died, because he was convinced that he didn't write anything. Other writers agreed that who agreed that Shakespeare was not Shakespeare included Walt Whitman, Henry James, Sigmund Freud and Ralph Waldo Emerson. All of those all of those people you just named claimed like there's no way that William Shakespeare wrote William Shakespeare's pieces. And yet all those people are like highly respected people. Writers. Well, yeah. So let me think. It's like saying, oh, Britney Spears sits down and writes all of Britney Spears' songs. She's a, you know, maybe that's a bad example. But it's no, then, it's then like, yeah. you know, Lady Gaga being like, bitch, no, you did it. And Jay-Z being like, no, you didn't. And like a whole bunch of right. other musicians like, being there's, like, I've seen you in the studio. There's okay. no way you wrote that. Bitch, no, okay. you didn't. Yeah. Bad example, but you know what I'm saying. And is your, is uh, Jim Mars like your source for most of this? No. Okay. This is just like YouTube. Everywhere. He didn't. He didn't even come up with the theory. I just like the way he explained it, and Got I wanted. It. I wanted to mention Jim Mars because he's fantastic. Um, 
So after the actor William Shakespeare died, he wasn't immediately celebrated. There were some monuments and stuff that went up in his hometown years later, uh, but the plays were an immediate success, but not a lot of his writing. Uh, there was no biography, biography written for the actor William Shakespeare until 100 years after his death. Okay. So imagine how inaccurate even a biography of him is. Okay. Pretty fucking yeah. bullshitty. In his will, even when he died, he made no mention of any of his writings. And, I mean, to give you an idea of how extensive his will was, uh, he left, quote, his second best bed and furniture to his wife. Not even his first best bed. But, like, what what would he write? Like, I, I want my plays to belong to someone. I don't know, man. If you had, like, if you had written like two hundred fucking dope ass things that were celebrated as plays, I'd feel like I'd make some reference as to what I'd like done with my work in the future if I died. I don't necessarily agree. I mean, I just I don't see how that like applies to like a will is about material possessions and ownership of things and where they go when you die. So how is like the the literary works that he wrote not a possession? But it's like what, what is it? What is he going to write? Like I want my writings to suddenly be in someone else's name, or they're but, always going to be in no, my no, name no, 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 no. It's like the equivalent of what your YouTube channel is in terms of your assets. This was apparently his job to write these plays. To and he be had a, a wife when he died. Yes, but it, you're also an actor. But it, it like you know, if you're William Shakespeare, you have. Your writing, your plays, so it retains value, all the rights to those, yet yeah, your belongings and possessions, but that's part of what your will is, is okay. to say what happens to your assets when you die. Okay, that makes one sense. One of which, a huge one of which of William Shakespeare's a assets is his work, Okay, his life's work. All right. And he says nothing about it in his will. But he says his wife can have his second best bed. But, okay, yeah. But was he, like, a little crazy? Like, I mean, he was an actor. Like, what, was he a little, like, loose in the brain? Like, what? I'm pretty sure he's described as just, like, a... Normal guy. A dude that did theater. Okay. Keep going. I'm just, I'm just trying to, like, okay. stay with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Seven years after his death, okay. his friends put together a folio of his writing that left clues about what his identity was, including calling him the Phantom Captain Shakespeare, the Ros Rosicrucian's mask. I mean, just think about that for a second. So yeah. you die, and your friends put together this thing of all your work to be distributed to people. Like, hey, you love Julian's YouTube channel. Well, here's all these unreleased YouTube videos. The Phantom Captain Julian, <laughs> the Rosicrucian mask. Okay. It's a pretty big hint. The famous Drosha portrait, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, the, the picture, picture of him, of yeah, him yeah. that appears on his folio of 1623, has a mysterious line drawn from his chin to his ear, which you know, is a little bit of a reach that it's a symbolism of a mask on his face, which is the only side of his face that's like kind of exposed like that. And beside that, there's like a small paragraph that his friend and fellow poet Ben Johnson wrote in the dedication. Uh, he was friends with both Bacon and Shakespeare and wrote, reader, look not on his picture, but his book. I mean, it's just this big and it ends in that. Okay. Okay. On the monument in his hometown, 
It's Shakespeare's, it's like a monument of Shakespeare writing on a piece of paper. And he's like sort of looking off in the, it's a really derpy statue. And he's like looking off in the distance, writing on a piece of paper. And the piece of paper is blank. (sighs) Okay. I mean, yeah, that's, that's. I mean, come on. They're laying it on thick here, fam. (laughs) Bacon uses a cipher or a code in the fraternity of the Rosicrucians and like a ton of his writings. And at the top, there's a Rosicrucian emblem. I think they call it whatever the fuck. And it has a light A and a dark A. And I have I listened to someone argue that it's, you know, there's alpha and omega and uh, the truth and blah, 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 whatever. And instead of alpha and omega, it's alpha and alpha as in like they know the truth and they are the truth and whatever. I don't buy into that. I buy into more that it's Athena and Apollo depicting the light and dark because he is Athena shaking the spear in the eyes of. Okay. Okay. But it's Rosicrucian like symbolism. Are you familiar with like Masonic symbolism or like Illuminati symbolism? Yeah. It's like that. Basic level. Yeah. So in a lot of Sir Francis Bacon's writings, there are Rosicrucian symbolisms in it. Okay. You you still with me? Yeah. Okay. And then in one of Shakespeare's works, in Love's Labor Lost, there's an anagram which in Latin is translated to these plays. The offspring of F. Bacon are preserved for the world. I'm pretty sure that's the one that Jim Mars showed live on a... Where is that? In in one of the his works in Love's Labor Lost. Okay. He showed, he showed himself doing it and I was like, Pfft. it's fucking wild. Okay. It's dope as fuck. It had to do with like numbers. It was crazy. I wish I could fucking find it because this would make a lot more sense. But basically in one of his works, there's like, you know, a cipher. So... So Francis Bacon allegedly worked with the queen and did all of that shit, but was also in the spy service and became a professional at codes, ciphers, and coding things and getting messages to people in ciphers. So think of like the Da Vinci Code and shit. Did you ever see that? Did you ever read it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't read it. I saw it, yeah. Okay. So all of these ciphers of messages and different things. So he's basically doing that all the time for shits and fucking giggles. So if you're writing... So this guy is just a fucking genius. Well, yeah. Okay. So if you're spending all this time writing these fake fucking things under this fake identity, at some point, if you're a master of fucking ciphers, I'd throw in some fucking ciphers, no? Yeah. Okay. So he, Jim Mars, I believe, showed it like live of him deciphering one of the codes within Shakespeare's works okay. into Latin that then translates to, so this is, uh, um, these plays, the offspring of F. Bacon, are preserved for the world. Okay. You got that? Yeah? Hmm? Okay. So all of that would be whatever, except for the fact that the writings accomplished what Sir Francis Bacon originally set out to do, which was get the language up, get the education up. Can understand it. Exactly. Okay. Um, And it goes down the rabbit hole of Freemasons and biblical references and blah, 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 blah. Um, Bacon's Masonic beliefs were advanced in two books, De Sepentia Verita Viterium, fucking fuck my life, or The Wisdom of the Ancients, (laughs) and New Atlantis. 
In the latter, according to the occult researcher Andre Natoff, Bacon is here describing a utopia which underlies many secret societies, including modern Freemasonry. Masonic writer Manley P. Hall said the reason that uh, New Atlantis was not published until after Bacon's death was that it was too much, it was revealing the entire pattern of the secret societies which had been working for thousands of years to achieve the ideal commonwealth in the political world. This ideal commonwealth proved to be America, hailed as the land of boundless opportunities and the site of the Masonic great plan to build the new Atlantis. So this is where I'm going to end because this leads like a whole big door down the internet, which I was tumbling down earlier. So if you buy into the idea that Sir Francis Bacon was visited by some otherworldly being, (laughs) whatever, and was told to get all of this information, this education, this language, unify England and do it under some, you know, fake name identity. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, if you're, let me, I'm just trying to rationalize this. This could be totally off, but it's the equivalent of someone working for the government being like, here's all of these beautiful works of art. Please read them. We'd be like, fuck off. You have to put them, you right? have to like disguise them in a way that's going to interest people. I get right. that. Yeah. So then people are reading this thinking that it's this brilliant playwright. How romantic, how amazing. Meanwhile, and for they're, taking they're them, getting this information. Yeah, meanwhile, there's just it. fucking daggers of science and, yeah. and law and just deep philosophy philosophical ideas in there that and and hundreds of thousands of new fucking made up words that will get everybody on the same page in terms of what our fucking language is. Meanwhile, Bacon is two layers removed from it. He's removed from it in the sense that it's not just prose and it's not just writing. It's a play and also that it's under a different name. Yeah. So but okay. So buy into the idea for a second, if you would play along that that was his goal is to get this out there and to get everybody elevated in terms of education and understanding and on the same page. Okay. He accomplishes that yeah. with the goal in mind that the Freemasons and the Rosicrucians, their goal is to then colonize the United States with England yeah. being the forefront mm-hmm. of that. So there's a literal rabbit hole of what you can go down in terms of the history of the Freemasons coming over and trying to colonize the United States. But in order to do that, he needed to get England on the same page. Okay. And to colonize America for the Freemasons. I mean, we have a lot of Freemason symbology. All uh, If you ever go down that hole on the internet of like Washington, D.C. and like just uh, the way that cities are laid out just mm-hmm. all that shit is fucking wild about the freemasons and their history with this country so if you trace that back to shakespeare and sir francis bacon with the goal of bringing that freemason society over to the united states and having this be like the new land the land of the free the land of science and and whatever the fuck it's fucking wild mm-hmm. all right i mean if there's anything that you can take away from it if you wanted to it's the idea that the best way to get a message across is through entertainment. And there's also tons of theories, conspiracy theories about what we're being shown and why we're being shown it in terms of TV, movies. Yeah. What, censorship. Yeah. I mean, I guess my biggest question is, and I can only really answer this by doing my own research, um, you know, later on or whatever. But it's like if if all this evidence, like, you know, not, not specifically like um, – 
you, you know, the codes he would write in the writing or things that were kind of sneaky, not specifically those things, but more of like um, his well-respected, you know, r- literature peers claiming that they don't think Shakespeare wrote his stuff and, and things that were kind of out there that were like, okay, why, why is it that it's so common belief that Shakespeare did write Shakespeare stuff then? You know what I mean? Like that's confusing to me. Yeah. I watched a video of, I forget what it's called. I have most of my references for things on here that you can check out, but I do not remember the name of this one mm-hmm. where they interviewed someone with the like the Shakespeare Foundation or whatever you want to call it. The people that are preserving his history and his legacy and his, you know, I'm sure a lot of money or whatever that goes with that. Yeah. And they just flat out deny it. They refuse to investigate it. They refuse to do any of that because it preserves their foundation essentially yeah, like ever, they're benefiting off of the fact that people still think you know he is the one who wrote that stuff correct yeah no there's i'm and that's that's actually a really good answer there are other interests at work that are trying to keep that belief a belief mm. right? i mean there's you can question anything you know why in our textbooks an american textbook is vastly different than a german textbook yeah. you are taught things or you learn things that are so you don't even have control of them before you accept them as fact. And they might be so far off from the truth. And there are many interests going into play and in making those textbooks the way they are. Yeah. I mean, when you look back on your, you know, middle school, elementary school education, what you're taught, it's banana town. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like. And what what 12 year old is going to be like, hey, I'm going to question all this stuff. Right. It, which is you just get things deeply ingrained yeah. in you. Not that I think at a young age. Yeah. Right. But just about your country and about how things happened Very in the past. things, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and that we're the good guys and everybody else is subpar almost or the, to the fucking point, enemy. Almost to the point where you're considered kind of a crazy person to even second-guess any of it. Right. It's, yeah. I mean, a lot of it is just no, that, some propaganda. That is absolutely true. And I, and I think that, like, that alone makes this theory so easy to buy into mm-hmm. and so easy to kind of wrap your brain around the fact that right now that could be the case. Um, it could also be a testament to the fact that Sir Francis Bacon has pulled this off so well that there, there that are still, still just a conspiracy the majority theory. of people today yes. believe who yeah. William, they know who William Shakespeare was yeah. and what he did. However many years ago. That's yeah. No, that's that's true. Like, wh- I mean, that's a pretty good job. Well, if if this is if this theory happened, right, if mm-hmm. this is all fact. This is the ideal scenario for Francis Bacon. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years later, people right. are and we're still s- yeah. We're still over fact. here like ooh Shakespeare ooh. Yeah. Still, wow. I mean, it's very interesting, and all the research you did painted a nice picture of of why that's a you know pretty dope, right? Pretty dope theory. I just fucking man, I would give anything if any of you listening or watching could find it. I'm telling you, I tried really hard. And it's so hard to find. What I don't know. specifically? The Jim Mars presentation of it. It is so he. I think he spends like two minutes on it, and it just makes your mind explode. So the presentation is of something else, also. Right. Well, but he does lectures he does that are like an hour and a half this. long, and it's like somewhere in there where he's just like, "By the way, well, what do you guys think about Shakespeare? Well, did you know it's Sir Francis Bacon?" And then he puts up like one of his little pieces of you know writing, and then just expertly deciphers some oh my god it's fantastic so it's embedded in a larger lecture yes that's why i couldn't find it got it well someone's gonna tweet but i watched it please don't please don't waste your hours please (laughs) someone's already been doing it like ever since you started this theory people have been looking for it right now please don't waste your time 
Very interesting. I got to say, like, I appreciate your in-depth um, research into these theories because it, it does help kind of, like I said, wrap your brain around it. All right. What do you got? Well, I will say that I didn't, I didn't, um, you know, compile pages and pages of research for all of mine. I do have uh, one interesting one, which was the first one I compiled for this second uh, sorry, fourth uh, episode of the Conspiracy Theory Podcast. And um, it's about the Titanic. Oh, shit. Okay. Have you heard about any conspiracies regarding the Titanic? I mean, maybe, but okay. nothing's sticking out of my mind. It's, it's something that blew my mind. It's pretty so interesting. It's called the Olympic Titanic Theory. Um, so basically, the theory... I'll just I'll just get into it. So the RMS Olympic. Okay, so White Star Lines was the company that made the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Okay. In nineteen in the early nineteen hundreds. And White Star Lines was also responsible for a giant ship called the Olympic. Mm-hmm. Now, uh the Olympic cost seven point five million dollars to make, which is the equivalent of almost a hundred and ninety million today. Fuck. Yeah. Um and the Olympic was uh in, involved in a, in a collision with the HMS Hulk uh, in, ni- in September of 1911. Is that another ship? It is another ship. And I believe that ship is also a White Star Line ship. Guys, why? Why? <laughs> yeah. Guys, come so, on. Good. Right. Uh, so the Olympic got into a collision with HMS Hulk and it basically wrecked the ship. It's the, it's the equivalent of... It of wrecked Uto- both ships or uh, the, the Olympic? Olympic? The Olympic. So the Hulk survived. Of course it did. Kidding. Yeah, I think the Hulk uh, doesn't really hold as much importance because mm-hmm. it wasn't such a big ship. Okay. Uh, but the Olympic, it, it was the equivalent of of if you totaled your car. Right. Right. It doesn't look like it's in shambles, but it can't run. Right. Or it can, or it costs more to repair Exit. than it's worth. So it basically wrecked the Olympic, and it seemed um, via all the eyewitness accounts that existed was that it was the Hulk's fault. The collision. All the eyewitness accounts pointed towards the fact that it was HMS Hulk's fault in this mm-hmm. in this collision, but the Olympic ended up being blamed for it. So their insurance, therefore, could not cover all of the repairs needed to make it run again. So okay. it was in a situation where it had apparently, by all eyewitness accounts, gotten accused of being at fault in this accident, therefore... No insurance was going to cover uh, oh, the Olympics sucks. repairs, and it was a huge financial disaster for White Star Lines, um, which it was just – it was all around bad because the Olympic was it. It was like their big ship. Um, they had invested so much time, so many years, and so much money into making it. And so now that they needed about in the equivalent of $60 million in repairs today. Yikes. You guys need to back off, all right? We're discussing <laughs> stuff in here. Really important stuff. Uh, 2.5 million back then, which is the equivalent of 60 million. Yeah. Uh, they were like, what do, what do we do? Yeah, we're screwed. You know what I mean? Um, one specific thing that the damage did to the ship, the Olympic, is it caused the, the boat to lean to the left after the collision. So that was one of the main issues that it could not run. Uh, so they had the Titanic down the, you know, in the pipeline in, in, in production. They were going to prepare it and create it and finalize it in the, in the coming years, but that was delayed so they could repair the Olympic. Um, so the Olympic, uh, was repaired in 1911. Okay. It took them a while to repair it. It was 1911. Um, but then the Olympic lost another part, which was the propeller that was not replaceable. (laughs) 
So it had been repaired from that initial accident, and then oh. it lost a, re- a propeller that was... This it, company is killing it, it already. It literally made the boat beyond repair. Mm-hmm. So it was ineffective. It was like, you can't do anything with it. It is now just parts. A um, little bit of background on the Titanic. The Titanic had 14 portholes, which is those holes on top of the ship. The Olympic had 16. If you put pictures next to each other of the Titanic and the Olympic, they are very similar looking, like almost indistinguishable looking. Mm-hmm. Um, this is if you're comparing the Olympic after this last accident, because it was this last accident it could ride, and the Titanic in, um, I think, 1911 as well. Um, so... At one point after the Olympic was docked, <laughs> docked uh, in Belfast, <laughs> it was docked in Belfast. It was alongside the Titanic because the Titanic had then been finished. Mm. Okay. So it was in the same dock in Belfast, the Olympic out of commission and the Titanic newly made. And like I said, they looked very similar. Um, so this was right before the Titanic's departure. Okay. And this is where it's, you have to pay attention because this moment when they were docked in the same bay was when they could have been swapped. Oh my God. I see where you're going. Okay. I don't like it. It's important to ask yourself in this situation, like, why would they swap? Why would they claim that the Titanic or the Olympic is the Titanic and switch them? Why would they do that? The reason for doing that is that the Titanic would get the insurance money without having to repair the Olympic. Okay? Yep. Okay. So, moving on. Uh, the Californian was another White Star Lines ship that was at sea when the Titanic right. crashed. In quotes. Because In quotes. Because we're thinking, it, because was we're thinking it was the Olympic. But if it had no propeller, how did it get as far as it did? Well, after it had no propeller, it was docked. Uh-huh. What they're saying is that if they claimed the Titanic was the Olympic, they could have gotten the new fixes. They could have gotten it repaired by insurance because it wasn't the Olympic. Insurance. Okay, I'm a little confused. Okay. So are you are you saying that people boarded the Olympic and then it sank? Or should no. I? Okay. No, 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 no. Well, not factually. No, the the Olympic got in its accidents before the switch would have happened. No, I'm aware. Okay, so. Yeah, so they they basically what, what I'm the theory is is they claimed that the Olympic was the Titanic, so that the the newly Olympic or the Titanic would have gotten money to be repaired. So the theory does say that the Olympic ship uh, the Olympic ship sank, not the Titanic. Right. Let me just keep going. Okay. okay go ahead. Um, so. Okay. Um, so the Californian was another White Star Line ship, and it was at sea when the Titanic crashed, and it was only carrying blankets and clothing, no passengers. Mm-hmm. Okay. A signal was sent from the Californian to the Titanic uh, of all the locations of icebergs um, on that trip. Um, not only was that message held for some time before reaching the Titanic, but when the Titanic hit the iceberg, it was three miles off of its designed course. What the fuck? Okay. So... It hit hit an iceberg three miles off its course, and it hit an iceberg that in a clear night, like it was when the Titanic crashed, you should have been able to see that iceberg, see the iceberg from eight miles ahead, out, out of the iceberg. Okay. So. Insurance fraud is what's Basically like the biggest case of insurance fraud ever. And what's crazy is like, you look at the mock-ups of these, and these pictures of, of the two boats and like. The average person cannot distinguish them. So I'm just, just clear this up. Okay. Did people board the Titanic or the Olympic? That's what's up for debate. 
prior to me reading this theory, I would say they boarded the Titanic and the Olympic was out of commission. Right, but I'm, so, I'm just, so the hold theory, on. Hold on, I know, I okay. kind of understand what you're confused about. What the theory, I, I might have not explained it too well towards the end, but what the theory says is that the Titanic was purposefully crashed. No, I get that part. So they were trying to cover their asses for the insurance. But so if they boarded the Olympic, how did it get as far as it did without a propeller? Or if they, you know, switched the propellers real quick from the Titanic and the Olympic, they sailed the shitty one out there and then they claimed, oh, we need a new propeller and some shit and we need the money from the one that crashed so we can soup up this newer one. Like which boat did they board? I get that they did insurance fraud. I get that they intentionally crashed it to make up for their losses from the Olympic. But which boat did they board? Or is it not known? Well, I think, you know, any person who doesn't really look into this theory would say that they boarded the Titanic and the Olympic was set out of commission. Right. So but then after they got the money for insurance, because a big part of this theory is did they end up getting money from the insurance? Well, I mean, when the Titanic crashed, right, they that they had successfully set up to get the money f- from the crash. Right. Like when did the, they get it, though? I believe they did. They, so they got yeah, I believe they got it. Yeah, from the Titanic crash. Which was planned. I mean, if that, if that's, right, 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 if you right. know what I mean. So what did they do to the mo- with the money? Did they fix the Olympic? Well, yeah, I mean, like, they didn't They didn't fix the Titanic. Well, so, yeah. Obviously. That's still fucking wild, though. No. God, it's weird. what it's the like, fuck, man? It's crazy to think that they they potentially could have like killed a whole bunch of people. Well, yeah. Just I mean, to get their the, the, money. all of the Titanic, just everything about that just gives me the absolute creeps. And I think right? that's why, you know, aside from the Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet, whatever, like yeah. it just that whole thing just hits everybody in such a weird place. Very weird. And it's not just because a sink or a, a boat sank. No, it's not. It, it's just something so like dark and awful about it and yeah. terrifying. Yeah. I think maybe that's why there's, there's just bad karma all over it. It's weird to think about. It's weird to think about the fact that these ships look so much alike. The fact that, that it's the fact sick. that the, the message even that is sick. Yep. The fact that the message of hey, you're eight miles off course or three miles off course, and there's a there's an iceberg over there. Right. These are the locations of the icebergs. We're sending this message to you. Right. Oh wait, someone's holding the message. Why is someone holding right. the message? Like that's no like, reason for that. Yeah, that's like somebody flying a, a giant plane into a mountain, being like, "Oopsie, our bad. Didn't know it was Didn't there. Didn't know it was there. You would get like, no insurance. Like for this that. iceberg was on a clear Yo. night, which it was. It was a clear night, documented right. in history. Right. You would have been able to see the iceberg right. for a while. That's insane. No, I mean, Man, that makes me fucking nauseous. Yeah. That's so fucked. I have you know no what? idea that the Olympic even existed. Did you enjoy that one? I thought you would enjoy yeah, that, that one. Was that good. one's a pretty good one. That was a good yeah. one. Yeah. It, you know, if, if 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 the person if 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 <laughs> if the person uh, who was responsible or the company who was responsible for these boats um wanted to make sure that none of this shit would have happened, they just throw a tracker on each boat and then Oh my god. <laughs> and they have their smartphones in 1911 oh, tracking Julian. each boat. Um which brings me to the the sponsors this week, which is Tracker. Guys, Tracker is a super, super awesome little device. Um, it It's a coin-sized device. This is what it looks like. 
right? And you can get, see, we have our little faces on them. You can get whatever uh, picture. Yeah. Um, so it's so easy to pair to your smartphone. You just download the tracker app, you press the button on the tracker and the battery inside the tracker lasts for one whole year and then you replace the battery. Uh, but what it does is it, narrows down the exact location of whatever device the tracker is attached to. So if you lose your keys a lot, use your phone a lot, if you lose your backpack a lot, yeah. whatever like belongings you have. When like, we were traveling, we you put you glued one to your booster board. I glued board. one to my booster board. I put one in my camera bag and one in my backpack. Every single bag we own, we had a, a different tracker in. And you can mark which bag the tracker is on your app, which and is I'm great. And I'm going to put one on my bike. Yeah. And I have one on my drone. Uh, and they're so tiny. That's the greatest part. And it comes with a little sticky thing or a keychain, however you want to attach it. And you'll like, honestly never lose anything again with Tracker. Like, that's the bottom line. My battery lasts a year. A year. And once a year is over, you literally just switch out the battery. And then you're uh, good for another year. Uh, very, very cool. Very intuitive app. Guys, get going on uh, getting yourself the Tracker so you don't lose your stuff anymore. By going to the, the tracker.com. That's T-H-E, Tracker, spelled normally, dot com. And use promo code Jenna. Julian for 30% off your order right now. Um, we got a bunch. And so now we're putting them on fucking everything, <laughs> which is really, really cool. So um, get yourself started on the tracker. Also for all you dog owners, get yourself some bark box <laughs> for humans. Bark box is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month for dogs. Bark box is like the joy of a million belly scratches. You basically mm -hmm. choose your dog size. You select which size dog you have. Uh, you choose a plan one, six or 12 month plans are available. Uh, and you can cancel anytime with free shipping. Uh, and you get bark box. They're shipped on the 15th of each month and you get excited. Uh, they, they pick these really awesome natural, treats these really cool innovative toys like this is like a flashlight peach has um her little s'mores toy which she's like and the toilet paper down. she doesn't like regular toys anymore yeah like this one is kind of it's hard hear this yeah so you can't like even when she's it, yeah. trying to like get it that's why the s'mores one she's had it challenges for like a her. month now yeah. you, you can't ruin them no you can't they're so well made oh yeah you <laughs> can't yeah but um, i didn't think she was gonna love that no, s'more as much as she does because well, i think it's because it's finally she falls asleep something within her mouth it's finally something she can't just conquer yeah. like we bring her we brought her home a little buckingham palace guard mm -hmm. and she ripped it up and like you yeah. know whatever um You're so really high quality stuff and each theme each month is a themed box so it's so country cute. fair bark ball Poo York City, Brooklyn Poo hipster. York City? <laughs> yeah, guys, get started with BarkBox right oh now. If you get a six or 12 month plan, you can get one month free right now by going to BarkBox.com slash Jenna Julian. Uh, check it out, guys. It's really, really great. And I'm sure your dog will thank you for it. Thank you to our sponsors. This so week. awesome. All right. So, um, do you uh, have another one you want to... Yeah. I mean, to? this one isn't as long as my first one. My, I, I was thinking that was yeah. probably the case. Yeah. My next two are not as long, so okay. I promise it won't be nearly as boring. No, um, I think this is a good podcast to be a long one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, my next one is you were actually yelling at me to go to sleep one night while I was watching this on YouTube because I was down an absolute rabbit hole. <laughs> and... Okay, let me just get into it. Um, this whole theory, mm -hmm. I believe, is proposed by a YouTube user named 1967 Sander. Okay. And the video is called The Biggest Secret of Mankind, The Clementine Conspiracy. And it's like an hour and a half long. And I watched the entire thing. Holy shit. And I did not think I was going to because it's not really a video. Mm -hmm. He's not in it. It's sort of just slides and visuals and pictures and mm -hmm. him talking over it. And I'm like... 
what the fuck is this? But like, then, this is so boring. And then about, you know, yeah. five minutes in, I'm like, holy shit, yeah. I'm okay. ready. Sign me up. So it's like, forgive me that this is not going to be the most detailed version of this. But if you are interested in any of this, you really should watch the whole video because I, there's no way that I could do it justice with how much like information he gives you. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so the Clementine was a joint space project between the Ballistic Missile Defense Organization, <coughs> uh, previously the Strategic mm-hmm. Defense Initiative Organization. So basically the military's missile program okay. and NASA. Yeah. Um, it launched on January 25th, 1994. And the objective was, of the mission was to test sensors and spacecraft components under extended exposure to the space environment and to make scientific observations of the moon and the near earth asteroid 1620, uh, Geographos. Hell yeah. The Geographos <laughs> observations. Hell yeah. The Geographos observations were not made due to a malfunction in the spacecraft. Um, it was supposed to be an 11 year orbit around the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when people looked at the data, they were like, excuse you. Boy. It was in, um, hold on, in a high eccentric orbit around the earth or with the earth. And it was near the earth 32 times each year. Um, so long story short, the, the purpose of this thing was to take pictures of the moon. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. And it wasn't just NASA being like, hmm, we want some pictures of the moon. It was the military being like, let's go get some pictures of the moon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Um, give me a second here. Uh, this, the person that made this video, I think did something like 14 years of research and has access to some things that most of us do not have access to, or or at least downloaded a lot of programs and goes through a lot of public information in order to get the pictures that he got. And, you know, I don't know. You just, I can't do it justice. You have to see what he does in order to come to this conclusion. It's a, it's a little cray. Okay. Um, so, pre- so in 1994, they launched Clementine, okay. right? But previously, there was a spacecraft called Galileo that took pictures of the moon from 1990 to 1992 and took clearer views of the lunar dark side, north and south poles, and all it was it, they were clearer than all lunar orbiter orbiter and Apollo missions ever. So like Got the it. clearest pictures. So the Galileo of the moon. had previously held the title right. for the clearest just, pictures of the just moon. two years before. Okay. But the high-resolution images cannot be found anywhere. So then two years later, the U.S. military and NASA join forces to launch another thing to go take more pictures of the fucking moon. Why? Was there ever a like a outcry or a confusion among people as to why the Galileo photos were gone? Well, yeah, always. It's. Uh, uh, have you ever tried to argue with NASA about why you can't have things? They don't give a fuck. Okay. Okay. So the military launched another one to take more right. pictures of the moon. Okay. Right. But it's it's not like it's not like NASA. I feel like the general consensus of people is like, oh, NASA's doing stuff. Okay. Even though we all know that the government has a fair hand in what NASA is doing. Okay. Right. But when it's like the ballistic missile fucking people. And NASA going to the moon, people are like, what the fuck? Yeah. What are you guys doing up yeah, there? Yeah. And why can't we see the pictures of the moon? Mm-hmm. Why can't we see the ones that Galileo took? And why can we only see a handful that Clementine took? 
Is there something that you don't want us to see? Yeah. NASA? Yeah. You expose him. <laughs> expose him. Expose him. Okay. Um, yeah. So all this research stemmed, uh, this person that did this video is curiosity as to why two years later, the military would send another spacecraft to take pictures of the moon again. Why aren't they available? Is there something we're not supposed to see? Okay. So there's this thing called transient lunar phenomenon or TLP, which is a sudden short coloring of the moon's surface that can be reddish, violet, pink, purple, uh, reports of blue and yellow. And there's also, they can also be star, starlight looking or flashes or streaks. Um, and they've been observed for a thousand years and multiple witnesses scientists say uh the explanation that they offer is that there are impacts of asteroids or other stuff but it's definitely not like volcanoes you know if anything it's just some gas things happening with reactions of things crashing into the moon is the Mm -hmm. explanation but without fail people report tlp like throughout history it's not like some new fucking thing it's like saying like oh it's the first time anyone's ever claimed to see a ufo okay you know yeah Anyways, so all the pictures uh, that we get from the moon are grayscale. You know that, right? Why? Oh, because of what you just said. Yeah. Like the colors. Sorry, go ahead. TLP is a phenomenon of people seeing colors on the moon, flashing colors on the moon. And yet all the pictures that we ever get of the moon are in grayscale. Even still now, like there's no color in moon. NASA, you're telling me you can build a spaceship to go take pictures of the moon and you can't take them in color. Wait, so you're telling me every picture I've seen of the moon is black and white? Yes. There's no color in any of those pictures? Yes. I think. (laughs) That's what he said. Okay, that's... That's a little well, point fucking of, part of the fun of conspiracy theories is that you kind of have to take the conspiracy theorist leap. word for what yeah, they're saying. Yeah, and jump into take it. Take the Got leap. It. So the majority of the high-res pictures that he's claiming, he makes a very compelling argument if you watch all hour and a half of this slideshow. Okay, yeah. That all of the, the pictures that we get from cross-culturally, like across the world, are in grayscale. And why the fuck don't we get to see the true color of the surface of the moon or the things that are on the moon? Okay. Because that would be fuck show, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Very fuck show. Fuck show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the original logo of Clementine, you know when they do these missions, they have like little patches or they have like an official looking logo of the mission. So the original one that was released had some symbology that he goes into like really far into. Um, and then all of a sudden the ballistic missile people changed the logo. So this guy was like, am I the only one that's put these two fucking things next to side, side yeah, by side? Yeah. In the first one, and I'm skipping over a lot because as I was taking these notes, I've already watched the video, but to take these notes is incredibly difficult because it's like an hour of just like nonstop information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the first one, there's a fucking dragon on the surface of the moon or something shaped like a dragon. And in the second one, it's gone. He, he makes some really compelling arguments as to this giant, like, bigger than Manhattan, like, taller than anything you've ever seen in your life, a dragon in a picture of on the, the surface of the moon. And this was from Clementine. So if if you look at the pictures of Clementine, yep. which is why he holds on to Clementine so desperately, those are the clearest images of the moon where you can clearly see that there's something on the surface of the moon in a certain place. And then in later pictures of the moon, it's gone. They're not there. And this is not news because if you, if you follow any of the, the Google images, the Google Earth, the, you know, Google fucking moon, whatever the fuck, they, 
there's black boxes on pictures of the sun. They've blocked out certain areas of certain things. They blur things out. He basically proves that NASA and the ballistic missile, whatever, like altered the pictures that Clementine took and that other spacecrafts have taken hmm. because it's not there. And he spends the majority of the video enhancing these pictures and showing them from all angles and explaining to you yeah. why like NASA is hiding a gigantic mass of something shaped like a dragon on the moon. Well, fuck man. So when you say shaped and, like a dragon, like if you're looking at the moon, like flat, like you're not looking standing. at the profile. No, it's of like, it. So you see it on the profile of the moon. No, you see, because we're taking pictures of the moon from you the sky. Flat. Okay. Sort of. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, but it's in the shape but, of, a fucking dragon. dragon. So it's the Clementine conspiracy, a.k.a. Project Golden Dragon, because this is what was important when he starts talking about the TLPs, is that if they gave you color pictures of the moon, mm-hmm. maybe you're going to see some shit in color that they don't want you to fucking see. Okay. Maybe and, it would have provided like more info as to what the fuck it right. was. Okay. Or maybe it's more difficult now for us to Photoshop out all of these colored gases Got when it. we could just show you this black and white picture. I mean, the, he proposes a couple of theories of whether or not it's like organic matter whether or not this is a living like dragon type thing or Mm. if it's uh some sort of you know uh biological you know how you ever read some science fiction where it's like uh the ship or whatever people are using or are in is actually alive you ever i haven't no i've not heard i mean there's there's a theory that maybe it's its own creature or that it's you know being inhabited by aliens or whatever but it it might be organic but the 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 big thing with the tlp is that it's in color and some of the the gases coming out of it are also in color because he's enhancing it with different okay uh software whatever i don't know i can't this is what i mean i can't do it justice but basically that clementine went up to the moon took incredibly high resolution pictures that had a golden dragon on it mm-hmm. they were fucking like didn't know what to do even in the in the emblem in the logo they edited out a golden dragon in a particular place that they were on the moon and uh they don't want you to know about it wow wow and every picture that you've seen of the moon since is so conveniently blurred. That is Ow. fucking crazy to think. About. I mean, you've heard about those conspiracy theories, right? About the black box on the sun, and there's just you know just nice little things edited out of Google Images and Google Earth. No, but I mean, it's very not far fetched. You know what I mean? Like that's one of those things that's very easy to believe. Right. You know. Yeah. Oh my God, Kermit! Why don't you just let him in here? Corby boy! Wait a minute. What? What? Hold on. What? Uh-oh. Let me sing you a song while Julian looks for something. Do, 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 do. Anyways, I, I, I'm sorry for rambling. I'm sorry for being way too excited about it. But the video, it, it takes a long time to get there. It takes a lot, but it was, it was really quite electric. And I'm definitely on Team Golden Dragon slash Team Clementine. Because, like, why would this guy spend all that time looking up all this stuff if he didn't, like, hit a point every couple of days where he's like, holy shit, I'm onto something. He clearly doesn't seem like the kind of person that's just there, you know, just letting his imagination run wild. He's He's got some good, decent points. She was out there. She was in, she was in the yard, scratching on the door. How was she in the yard? I don't know. Lady! 
Oh my, oh god. my god. Sorry about that. Um, I knew it was coming from behind us. You guys us. just witnessed Julian being right about the sound coming from behind us. I have both my earphones on. Oh my god. Because I was with her outside and I guess... In the front? Like, yeah. I mean, Julian. The, gate's, the gate's locked and everything. It's fine, but... Oh lady, are you alright? Well, I'm glad <laughs> you went and got her. Oh my god. Hey lady. It's okay. That's my favorite place to hang. I'm are just okay? a little hot. Oh. I mean, she was she chills out there, and like it's safe as fuck. There's there's like I shut the gate and I pulled the gate. Wow. But yeah, she's just been chilling out there. <laughs> Why did? You, all right, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt the it's podcast. Okay. Lady, you oh okay? Oh my god. All right. Anyway, sorry. Is there any finishing notes you wanted to hit? Yeah, I already did it. Okay. What do you think about it though? What do you think about the golden dragon on the moon? I think. Uh, the 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 color thing of the moon is still blowing my mind. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. that, that's what the fuck. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a color photo of the moon. What the fuck? Well, maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. Maybe I, maybe I have, and the original photo was altered or something. Like, well, I mean, if TLP is a phenomenon that people understand is a thing, and scientists say, yeah, this happens. How come you never see pictures of, you know, just some red gas or some shit yeah, coming from the moon? I just googled colored pictures of the moon, and everything I saw was like it looked like it was on Photoshop. I right, like, it just looks this? like some make believe, yeah, galaxy moon DIY. Yeah, just saying. That's wild. That that alone is very interesting to me. Um, so what do you think if I just, I leave one of mine and you leave one of yours for the next episode? Well, the next one I got is really good. I like it. Okay. Never mind. It's not very long. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to save one because okay, I have one. two pretty long ones left. Um, okay. So this is basically the story of an, of, uh, an activist and the thing he was an activist about was the corruption of police mm-hmm. predicting his own death. What the fuck? Uh, this guy's name was John Lang of Fresno. Uh, and he was an activist that he spent a lot of his time exposing the wrongdoings and the corruption of the Fresno PD. Expose him! Um, and the reason he did this is because he feels like, you know, there were there were moments where he was really kind of done wrong by the P- by the police department, the Fresno PD. Kermit, what are you doing back there? He's going behind the green screen bit. Carry on. Um, Kermit go Kermit. In 2009, Lang was unfairly ticketed while driving. Uh, so he voiced his opinion on how he, because he found out the reason he got ticketed was this plate scanning system that the police had implemented, which was a total scam. Whoa. Basically, what they would do is um, they would scan license plates at retail, retail store lots in lower income areas in Fresno. <gasps> And then, yeah, and then they would basically follow them and pull them over for a random search, knowing that they had a higher cause or higher probability of finding something that they had done wrong or that they actually know that they had done something wrong because they have been monitoring them ever since. Oh, my God. Yeah. So shit like that. So it happened to him. He got ticketed. He voiced his opinion. He went to the Fresno Bee, which I believe is a publication and said what happened and how he felt it was unfair. Um, Apparently... According to Lang, uh, Jody Murray at the Fresno Bee was feeding her info that he gave him to um, a sheriff mole. Um, and the sheriff was named Jared McCormick. Um, Lang, after this whole thing had happened, was starting to notice that he was being tailed by undercover police. 
like where he went when he was home. He started, he had a security camera out front. I believe he put it out there because of this. But he started to notice really creepy shit like tailing, uh, surveillance, things like that. Um, He discovered a 20 minute gap. In his security footage, it uh-uh. just skips twenty minutes. Oh hell no! Um, which the which he thinks was from a remote hack, and he also picked up with the security camera videos of these guys in a van with a gimbal, <gasps> videotaping his house, like just in plain daylight. The doors open; they're not even hiding; they're just openly surveilling him. Um, so it was things like this that started to get him really freaked out. Um. He he knew that the police, or in his mind, he knew the police department was motivated by profit. This happened, I think, in January, by the way. This is really recent. Of this year? Yeah, January 2016. Um, no. Yeah, so he... Uh, he... He also found out about this IP monitoring system that the police had implemented to harass people in chat or blogs that were critical of local politics or police doings, which he was. He was in these blogs. He was on chat rooms um, voicing his dis- disdain for all the things that was going on, especially related to him. Um, and he realized that they had monitored IPs. They had learned how to like go against the system, go against the law, and monitor IP addresses to find the people who were basically talking bad about the government in Fresno. Um, so the police... He started posting on Facebook things like... In, in January 14th, 2016, he started to pr- predict things like the police are going to kill him. He's like, I think the police are going to come to kill me. Um, here, you can see some of these Facebook posts. They're really creepy. Um, Kermit, why are you crying, bud? Um, anyone want to crash on my pad tonight? M- must be a legal gun owner. I think the bad guys may come and get me tonight. Um, if I turn up dead or missing tomorrow, remember this van. He links to the video of security camera guard. Um... He writes to the Action News, Corin, you want some news? Uh, corrupt Fresno cops are going to try and kill me this weekend, possibly tonight. This is no joke. Please follow up. Uh, nothing nothing really happened. No one followed up. Everyone was like, oh, I'm sorry. Be safe. But no, no one really followed up. Nothing happened. And then he died. He oh was found God. dead in his house with two stab wounds and the house set on fire. So, no. yeah. So... The, the theory is like they had set the house on fire to eliminate any sort of evidence he had collected. Right. That said anything bad. And it was ruled a suicide. Yeah. Let me stab myself twice and then light this whole mother on fire. Wow. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. So. And the frustrating part about this theory is I did a lot of research and I found good articles, really, you know, really good coverage of what happened. And it was uh, a lot of comments written and it gave you a good idea of what happened. But then there's no follow up with the government, right. with anyone. Right. Like no one gave a fuck after this guy died. Everyone was like, you know, it's very, it's very possible that the guy was mentally handicapped and he was delusional and all this, whatever. And he, you know, claimed all this was happening when it wasn't happening. Of course, that's a possibility. But it's also a, a kind of a creepily high possibility that he was being Telling the truth. mistreated by the police and kind of targeted because right. he knew too much. Wow. Yeah, January. fucking fishy as fuck. So... Uh, yeah, and there's this whole open letter he wrote to the Department of Justice and the FBI, uh really long like he goes on and on basically detailing every single thing every single step every single surveillance surveillance moment he's caught them red-handed in um and the fact that no one listened to him even the fresno b they were literally just helping the, the police by feeding them info unbelievable 
God, that is so fucked up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's sad. Oh, that makes me feel so wrong. Yeah. Well, you want some more? Yeah, let's do one more. Fuck, that's fucking heavy. Pretty crazy. Peachy, you still hot? You had a little play date by yourself, huh? All right. Yeah. This won't be very long. All right, let's do it. This is, I mean, I would call this not really a conspiracy theory. It's just a, it's a thing. Okay. Um, I found this on a YouTube channel called C Irvana. C, like the letter. Okay. Um, if you want to watch the original version. Um, but there was a patent filed in uh, by Google in May 2014 mm-hmm. for a needle-free watch that draws blood out of the human body. Oh, my God. No, that's your nightmare. So for those of you, I, this immediately caught my attention because when I got my Apple Watch and you go into, like, the health or whatever in there. Yeah. Did you all right? Um, remember when you go into like the specific stuff in the health option of your mm-hmm. Apple Watch yep. and it has like all of these things. Blood type. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. You, you're like, well, what the fuck is this? Like, mm-hmm. this watch doesn't do that. It's yeah. just a, it's just a watch. I think it's called a health kit. Right? Yeah, yeah. Health kit. And, you know, it's been speculated that they're going to do updates or mm-hmm. change some th- certain things about it. But the, the framework is there to be able to monitor a lot of things about your health currently unavailable. Okay. So in May 2014, there was a patent filed for a Google or Google filed it for a watch. Google filed the patent. Google filed okay. it. Okay. Um, that can draw blood out of the human body. And it can monitor everything like your cells, proteins, blood sugars, whatever, and would be marketed as like a health device. Yeah. Um, that you'd think would be super great if you're a diabetic and you don't have to use something that has a needle in it or poke your finger or whatever and you need to monitor your blood sugar. Yeah. Or, you know, there's plenty of things in there that I'm sure would be really great to monitor, right? Yeah. And have a nice little compiled data. If you knew about it. What do you mean? <laughs> like, if you knew that that was the watch that was doing it. You know, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, if you, si- if you signed up for that watch to be able to dry your blood, yeah, it's great. But if you don't know that it's drawing your blood, then it's not so great. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just... Okay. Yeah, I see where you're going. You get what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, like, no one really reported about it either, that Google was... They were calling well, it... Patents are filed all the time, so... Right. Yeah. But still, Google... Gizmodo was the only one that wrote an article on it. And it, they're called, they called it the Vampire Watch. Okay. Google filed a patent for a fucking Vampire Watch and one fucking outlet is on it. Okay. It's kind of terrifying. Anyways, um, so tech companies have already violated our privacy. That's pretty well documented, right? Facebook, yeah. fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Google, all Still, of them. right now. Um, there's also conspiracy theories about Snapchat, YouTube, uh, about... Pokemon Go. Right. About, you know, just taking everything that you do and logging it to compile or triangulate basically who you are as a person. Even just Snapchat, the filters are basically profiling your face just making a gigantic database of what people's faces look like every little right you know they can survey you through cameras uh any sort of device that you have like your phone if edward snowden was the one that said if a man's home was his castle today a man's phone is his castle there's no escaping your technology really yeah and people's way to monitor you should they choose to um uh, they watch what you're consuming, what your thoughts are, blah, 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 on the surface. Uh, obviously, you can, whatever. You can tell immediately if you just go on Facebook, according to the things that are being advertised to you, that you're being surveyed yeah. and fucking spied on. 
So Google knowingly provided the NSA with billions of pieces of data and admitted that in the past, right? Mm -hmm. And now they want to make a fucking watch that's going to extract your DNA from your body and you expect them not to do anything with it. Mm -hmm. That's bananas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course you expect them not to do anything with it. Yeah. But that, like, come on. Absolutely. Yeah. That's crazy. They already proved themselves to be outrageously untrustworthy. Yeah. As we use this platform that is, in theory, a Google platform (laughs) on YouTube. Uh, So when you wear this watch, the data will be uploaded and stored, of course. And that's going to be, you know, quote, private. Just all of this stuff about your DNA and your body, not totally not going to any sort of informational database. Supercomputer. You know, just in case anyone wanted to commit genocide again, they already know. They would have everyone's blood type. There you go. Um, uh. Your flesh and blood is the last thing the government doesn't have control over, uh, but your DNA will be in its system. And this is really great what she did in the video. The book of Revelation, chapter 13, describes a mark that will be placed in a specific place. It's a little reaching, but it's crazy. Um, On the right hand or on the forehead, without this mark, a person cannot buy or sell. He cannot conduct any kind of commerce. Oh, my God. So, I mean, even if this isn't that type of thing, I mean, we're getting pretty close to the idea of people having some sort of chip or thing like getting rid of all your debit cards. There is no actual, you know, commerce is all fucking just on the Internet, Bitcoin, whatever the fuck. There's there's no nothing. All of your identity, uh, you don't need a passport, you don't need an ID. It's all in a chip. Yeah. Right? In you, yeah, part of you. Scary to think yeah, about. Terrifying. Now, not only is that chip have everything about you as a person on it, but it actually has your DNA as a strain of data inside of it that can be uploaded Physically. into a database. That's You're fucking terrifying. Literally in the internet. Yeah, that's like a step less terrifying than someone than getting a chip injected into your body without knowing it. Well, yeah, because that's that's literally it has access to your your blood. Yeah, your DNA. Terrifying. I mean, incredible scientifically. Like, you can get your blood without a needle, but terrifying. Right. So here's the last crazy nugget. Yeah. So Google, in the patent, described the process of how your blood is extracted without a needle. They called it, an aperture is created in the skin. Blood is sucked out and drawn into a negative pressure. An aperture, like an opening. Yeah. Into a negative pressure barrel. According to Google... The watch operates like a particle accelerator. My God, like a linear accelerator. Have you ever heard of CERN? I My grandpa works at Slack, Stanford Linear Accelerator Center. So, you know, the whole idea about CERN and why people get pissed off about it is that even Stephen Hawking, when they're just like, look, fam, you're going to open another dimension yeah. and you don't know what the fuck yeah, is going to happen. Yeah, colliding fucking atoms together. Exactly. Yeah. So they Google in the the language in the patent called it a particle accelerator. So if you would play along for a second, if <laughs> no. CERN opens a portal to some sort of demonic second coming of, you know, whatever, not Christ, the Antichrist, it's Satan, demon, 666, a demagogue, and you're mm. wearing a tiny device you're that is a fucking... tiny particle accelerator on your wrist. No. 
aren't you connected to the to the dimension? Like, what if? Okay, so what if it opens? What if CERN opens another dimension, and some demon comes out, actual Satan comes out, and is like, "What's up, everybody?" And then everyone wearing a Google Watch that has a particle accelerator on it is now just a a zombie. It's like an inside. Everyone right. suddenly becomes the drone, right? Because they can tap into your particle uh, accelerator. So now, or you're part of or that. they understand how to accelerate the little molecules inside your wrist to blow it up, and then everyone blows up at once. Who's sure. I mean, there's if you if you wanted Jesus to go down that Christ. road of what a tiny particle accelerator on your wrist might mean, yeah, the possibilities are endless. Fuck all of that. That 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 is scary as shit. That's right. scary as absolute shit because we wear Apple watches and we fucking use Snapchat and that shit is like so around the corner. Right. Well, I mean, if you if you follow any of the technology based conspiracy theories, a lot of it is that. Everything that you do will make your life easier. And it's marketed to you as like, oh, this is everything so much easier now. Isn't convenient. this better? Yeah. It's convenient. And yeah, you're like, it's great to be able to open my phone with my thumbprint. Do I think maybe the government is just keeping a database of everybody's fingerprints? Yeah, fucking maybe. But to me, it's worth it. And as these little changes get implemented to where you're giving up more and more of what biologically makes you you and your privacy and your safety for the sake of convenience or for ease. I mean, yeah, it's a little fucking terrifying. Absolutely. You Fuck, know? Man. You know what I would argue on a completely different note, just like piggybacking, but yeah. that's a great, I mean, it's a great theory. The, I would argue that the government or the NSA or people behind the NSA who want to like seriously advance this technology and get it into the hands of humans without them knowing as soon as possible and as fast as possible, um, they probably are actively slowing the technology advancements in places like the DMV, the airport, things where like places where people go. All, no, I'm serious. Like, I know that sounds like a joke, but like places where people have to go, every human being in the country has to go at some point, the airport, DMV, wherever you're exposed to this, like really like outdated system. Like, oh my God, the government has no technology. Like, what are they even doing? But meanwhile, they're super advanced. They're the, they're the slingshot of the other way. Yeah, they're way. literally sucking your DNA out of your wrist. And y'all can't figure out how to get my registration, like, with without taking three hours? Crazy, dude. It's fucking crazy. That one fucked me up. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, I used, well, I used to work at a tanning salon, right? And we had those little... Thumbprint thing. Yeah, my old gym had that. Right. Yeah. Tons of gyms. Mm -hmm. And that was before you had it on your phone. Way before that. Like at least three years. Two, three years. I mean, stuff like that is pretty wild. And I remember having multiple customers that would come in on a regular basis. And, you know, we're, we have to ask them, like, oh, would you please use this thumb thing or whatever? And I've had a bunch of people be like, I refuse to do anything like that because it gives up my rights and privacy as a person. And I remember being like, okay, I respect that. But you know what? Like, I can promise you, lady, I'm not sending any of this to the fucking government. But like, I can say that. Do I even really know? You're just a messenger. But do I even really know? you don't know you're a puppet. I know. When the woman was like, well, what do you do with it? I'm like, I don't do anything. Yeah. I'm going (laughs) to clock out at 6 p.m. and go home. Nor do I believe my boss does anything with it. He doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't go home and and make trace paintings of your thumbprints. Okay. Like, I promise you. But I can't say where that data goes. Yeah. So who's to say that Google and Apple and whatever really have your privacy at the forefront when they're developing technologies that are sucking your literal DNA out of your body? 
crazy. Fuck, man. Right? Yeah. They take your DNA, they put it into a nice little neat data thing. It's like the largest study ever conducted, right? What makes up the population in this area or where diseases affect certain people. But then, you know, the absolutely, the absolutely evil things that you could do with that data. And you can't rule that out as a possibility. Daunting. Daunting. It's like you don't even want to think about it. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, fuck, man. Anyways. So for those of you that want to Google watch, (laughs) you know, what's even more terrifying to think about, though, you know, the Apple watch, how people had complained of like it irritating their skin where that green like battery thing is that monitors your heart rate and stuff. It like turns on a little green light and people complaining that it turns your like it Mm -hmm. irritates their skin. underneath it. What if it's already sucking out our DNA? Yeah. Or what if it's like fucking implanting something in, into our skin on a, like a tiny level? They have them for kids now. Yeah. I didn't I didn't read the article. I just saw an annoying picture of it of like these little monitors for kids, these little watches yeah. with a little, you know, baby arm with a little red circle yeah. on it. I'm like, don't put it on your kid then. Fuck, it's going to hurt their wrists. I don't need to read an article about it. Just don't put it on your kid. That shit got me all fucked up, fam. <sighs> right. Anyways. Good theories. I mean, you kind of killed it this time. This was fun. I'm glad that we finally did this because we don't want to keep you guys waiting forever. Yeah. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this and hopefully lived up to what you were hoping for. We will obviously do more of these because these will never go out of style, at least for us. And sorry, Peachy had an afternoon outside. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that interruption. I I really thought thought it was coming from there. I thought it was coming from there. But you know what the problem is? Kermit fucking cries wolf. Every time we lock him out of a room, he scratches the door. I know. He scratches the door every room we go into. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, it's It's just just Kermit. Kermit. You know. Little did I know, I was hanging out outside before this podcast. I came in. Of course, she was just flaunt, sauntering around all the way across. Yeah, and please don't worry. There's plenty They're of totally shades fine. and There's stuff. Shade There's and, even um, a fountain out there. So she's like, she's yeah, okay. She's good, but she's... She was, she's just such a nice lady. Like, I'm just going to wait out here and be And I love how she was drawn to our voices, too. Me. She's very survivalist. My baby. Good girl. Uh, well, thank you guys for watching. Make sure you check out our sponsors in the description, Tracker yeah, and BarkBox. We appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll see you guys next week for another podcast. Yeah. Dink, Dink it up. Love you guys. Bye. Bye, Dink fam. Bye.